Welcome to MHM Podcast Network on moviehousememories.com. Podcast for pod people. Our feature presentation begins now. Criterion critics are back with another review of one of our ever-expanding Criterion libraries. I'm Patrick. And I'm Lori. And this month we're reviewing number 1085 on the Criterion release schedule, Bringing Up Baby from 1938 with Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn. But before we get into our review of that classic 30s film... Let's talk about the Criterion releases. We're still behind. <laughs> We're catching up with what came out in April and May of 2022. On April 2nd, uh, 1987's Walker was released. Alex Cox's historical drama that is, in an, that is an unconventional retelling of the life of William Walker, a 19th century American mercenary leader who became the president of Nicaragua. It stars Ed Harris and Richard Mauser. On April 19th, saw the release of Miracle in Milan from 1951. Uh, this foreign comedy tells the story of an open-hearted, unrelenting, energetic orphan who struggles to make the best of his life on the streets of Milan. Also on April 19th, saw the release of 1956's The Girl Can't Help It. Uh, this musical comedy tells the tale of a gangster who hires a down-and-out press agent to make his airheaded girlfriend into a singing sensation. It stars Tom Uwell and Jane Mansfield. April 26 saw the re-release on Criterion and being released on the, for the first time on 4K of 1989's For All Mankind. This documentary takes an in-depth look at the various NASA moon landing missions, starting with Apollo 8. Also on April 26th, saw the release of 2020's, I'm going to mispronounce this one, Ielmof, uh, or This Is My Desire. Uh, this foreign drama takes place in Lagos, Nigeria, where tragedy and fate intervene as two people try to better the lives of their families. Uh, also on April 26th, uh, 1986's Round Midnight, the musical drama that tells the story of a troubled but talented musician who flees the United States to escape his problems and finds refuge and support in Paris. Uh, into May of 2022, on May 10th, saw the release of 1976's Mr. Klein. Uh, this drama mystery takes place in Nazi-occupied Paris, where an immoral art dealer called Robert Klein leads a life of luxury until a copy of a Jewish newspaper brings him to the attention of the police, linking him with a mysterious doppelganger. On May 17th, saw the release of 1984's The Funeral. This Japanese comedy retells the hilarious events that occur over a three-day funeral where the contrast of the old ways and the new ways between the young and old come to the surface. On May 24th, saw the release of 1991's Mississippi Masala. This romantic drama tells the story of an Indian family that is expelled from Idi Amman's Uganda in 1972 and relocates to Mississippi. 17 years later, the father sues Uganda to get his property back while his grown daughter falls in love with a local black man. Uh, this film stars Denzel Washington. 
on May 31st, saw the release of 1982's Chan is Missing, Wayne Wang's mystery film that details two cab drivers' search of San Francisco's Chinatown for the mysterious Chan, a person who disappeared with $4,000 of their money. And then finally on May 31st, saw the 4K release of 1944's Double Indemnity. In Billy Wilder's classic film noir, a Los Angeles insurance representative lets an alluring housewife seduce him into a scheme of insurance fraud and murder that arouses the suspicion of his colleague, an insurance investigator. So those were the releases for April and May uh, earlier this year, Lori. Which one of these films is the film that you believe is going to be the first one you've added to your, you're going to add to your Criterion library? And Lori, you've started your own Criterion library now, haven't you? I have. I'm official. (laughs) Okay, you're there. Not only do you have Night of the Living Dead, which I gave you a few months ago, you have this movie, Bringing Up Baby. I have Bringing Up Baby in my hot little hand. All right. So which one of these films immediately speaks to you saying, that's one I want to add to my library? The Funeral. The Funeral. Wow. I am surprised. Why The Funeral? I think all of the Korean movies, I know it's Japanese, but (laughs) have really got me interested in Asian films. And that plot just interested me the most out of all of these. All right. I I am very, very... I'm surprised and excited, Lori, because my pick two is The Funeral. That would be the film that I'm probably going to pick up second. Followed very, very closely, very closely by Double Indemnity, but mainly because Chris has already said he absolutely wants to review that film as soon as we can. (laughs) So uh, we're going to, I think it's going to be added to our schedule here very, very soon because he's very anxious to review that. He loves that film. And Mississippi Masala, I've, is that how you say it? I've yes. never seen it, but it sounds good. I, I saw it back in the day. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's got Denzel. It's got Denzel, and Denzel is Denzel. He's always good. But mm-hmm. it's not going to be, I mean, I, I, I would put probably Miracle in Milan, Walker, Double Indemnity, The Funeral. I liked Around Midnight when I saw it. Uh, For All Mankind. I put all those before Mississippi Missile. <laughs> so. Why did you pick The Funeral? I really like Asian cinema and me too. And I, and I, as I, and I know I draw a lot of grief from like Bobby and Chris G and Chris H and Shane <laughs> and not just the samurai films, but over the last couple of years, especially since we started the criterion, I've, you know, I've been drawn to more and more directors or become more familiar with directors from not only just from Japan, but Korea and China. And, mm-hmm. and I've, become to really appreciate uh, their film, the filmmaking from over there. And that one, this one just kind of speaks to me. It's just like, Oh, it's a comedy. I kind of, I would kind of like to watch that. So. Yeah. And the, the plot is fascinating. Yes. So I, I very much uh, looking forward to uh, picking up that I have not yet, but it will be one, you know, as at the time of this recording, we have not hit the Barnes and Noble 50% off sale yet. So <laughs> that's probably let's why. review it after <laughs> the sale. All right. <laughs> All right, Lori, what about a film that you want to uh, see get covered in uh, a Criterion release? Something to get that Criterion polish, if you will. I struggle with this the most out of anything for this podcast because there's so many films. And every time I think of one, I look and then I find it or I forget by the time I get to the bottom of the list. What I'm looking at. There's so many. 
Okay. I don't think the Shawshank Redemption has been. It has not. And I also have to write down what I've said because I don't remember what I said on the other ones. That's another struggle. But I think I would love to see a Criterion, a well-done Criterion with a lot of extras of the Shawshank Redemption. Probably never going to happen. But Why? <laughs> because Criterion, uh, sorry, uh, Shawshank released by Warner Brothers has begotten kind of a lot of it's been released with a lot of extras already in place. So I think it'd be hard for criterion to cover new material. Now I can't say that they wouldn't do it um, because other films like bull Durham, when it got released on criterion, they added like one 15 minute documentary and the rest of it was all material that had been released on the previous DVD and Blu-ray versions. So they didn't really add much to it, but I think criterion generally, and I will stress generally likes to add something that, you know, really kind of go in depth on the film that hasn't already been covered by somebody else. And for that reason is why would Warner brothers want to share the, the revenue with criterion if they've already done all the hard work and then the lifting themselves. So. Oh, that makes sense. Now this sounds really familiar. I hope I didn't pick this one before. I do not believe that you've picked this one before, but but you said that about another film, I feel like. Uh, Probably because there's uh, that, that's usually what I'm looking at stuff because I go, Oh, well, you know, but, but I will also say this, and I, and I know someone said at one point in time, I think previously on a podcast, oh, you know, what about Citizen Kane? And I said, oh, that's been done to death. Warner Brothers already has released it, and, you know, they put all these damn extras on it, and then they turned around last year and released Citizen Kane on it's citizen came though on criterion so you know it can happen uh i just don't know if that's the film uh my film see how i keep track of things is i try to keep it in some connection or vein with the film that we're reviewing so that helps me not cover the same material uh so you got carrie grant got katherine hepburn um and i was trying to think of a katherine hepburn i kind of toyed with the lion in winter loved that film uh and Mm -hmm. i could see where you could really give a criterion polish to that but and it's not even obscure um carrie grant film uh uh, i was a male war bride Uh, i love that comedies kind of screwball comedy and i would like to see that get a a criterion polished i i don't think enough comedies uh, get the attention that criterion deserves even though we just talked about the funeral being a japanese comedy and we're reviewing a comedy tonight but i think there needs to be more comedy they they tend to focus a lot on more serious material and and i think that would be a great one to have and they've done a lot of cary grant films in the last few years so I, i take that as a very positive sign yeah. All right. Well, let's go on to our review, this month's review of Bringing Up Baby. And we usually start by talking about the what versions we have and the artwork we, artwork we have. Uh, Lori, you have, the, if I remember correctly, the Blu-ray version? I do. All right. So I'm assuming your Blu-ray is the same as my Blu-ray because I, too, have it. It's a kind of a more simplistic cover. It's kind of a light tan. And, of course, I'm partially colorblind, so bear with me. Uh, with the title Bringing Up Baby, the eye in uh, Baby is the leopard's oh. tail. <laughs> oh, the eye. Yes. And then the up has pictures of Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn in it. And then the word baby is the actual uh, leopard. It's well, babies in the form colored as leopard uh, texture with its feet. Did you notice the first eyes, the bone in bringing? I'm sorry, what? 
The first eye is the bone. Oh, yes. I didn't actually notice that. Thank you for pointing that out. There's the bone. I like that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, the inside cover is actually just a leopard uh, detail. If it, once you open it up, the other the opposite side. And then, of course, the booklet inside has a picture of Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn with the net. Uh, and the rope while they're out in the woods. And then on the back end is Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. Uh, they're dressed for dinner. I think this is when they're singing to baby up on top of the roof towards <laughs> the end of the film. And then there's various different pictures throughout the booklet uh, as the short story that was the film was based on is included with the booklet we have there. So, Lori, uh, you have the same cover, right? I do. All right. So what did you think of the cover? What uh, What do you think of the design? I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like the little details, like the, the bone for the eye and the leopard's tail. And I, I really like it. It kind of encapsulates the film. Okay. I, you know, I, I liked it too. I mean, it's, it's not overly busy. It's definitively not the theatrical poster. But I thought it was it was cute and clever. I didn't even notice the bone until you said it. Obviously, notice the tail. It's so obvious. Um, but that, I didn't notice the tail. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, it's it's clever. It's not overly busy. I'm not particularly fond of the, the inside cover of the kind of the leopard print, if you will. And that's what the spine is, is also, I just now noticed that as well as the spine is leopard print with the title over the top of it and kind of in the same form. But I do like the cover. I th- I don't I don't dislike it. I think it's it's got some production value. It's unique into itself. What about the conversion quality, Lori? What about how good was? Uh, what did you think of the picture? What did you think of the sound when watching it? I thought it was crystal clear. Right, watched. Uh, I thought it was big screen television. I did. Okay, and there's no issues with it whatsoever. Thought it sounded really good. Mm- I thought so. And, you know, I like to watch older movies and a lot of them don't translate well to the big screen TV. No, not unless they've been restored. <laughs> yeah. And so the, clearly this was restored well. Right. And, and, and it was a, a restored 4K digital transfer. So it's it, they did put a lot of work into this. This only came out may have come out just last year. Yeah. 2021. So it came out, uh, I think, towards the tail end of last year. Uh, so that was uh, this is a recent one. And they're 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 really focusing on a lot of films towards 4K digital transfers uh, at this point in time so that they can so they play well on much more sophisticated televisions than they were around 10 years ago. Um, I, too, thought the picture and sound were excellent. Uh, you know, I, I do have a surround sound. I did watch it on that. Uh, it's it, it doesn't have bombastic music, uh, so it wasn't like an overpowering film. It was it's not a big sound film, although it's nice to hear like the the leopard sounds and you get that through the surround sound a little bit. So, uh, you know, that when they're when they're talking about what is that sound, I think it, it was it. They say it's a loon and then Cary Grant goes, no, it's not. It's a leopard. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, That was a good Cary Grant. So. But you know, the, so there's some some sound effects that are off off camera that uh, play well in the surround sound. But you know, most of what most of it is what I would expect from a 1938 film. All right, extras on the disc. Uh, we've got quite a bit here. Bear with me. Uh, we have a commentary. Uh, it's an audio commentary recorded by Peter Bogdanovich, uh, who 
passed away earlier this year. Uh, it recorded in 2005, not for the purpose of their criterion, but for a prior release of Bringing Up Baby. Uh, we have a video essay that was created by Scott Iman, author of Cary Grant, A Brilliant Disguise, uh, which focuses on Cary Grant's performing style and legacy. Uh, that's about 19 minutes long. Uh, you have a uh, program with cinematographer John Bailey discussing the work and style of cinematographer Russell Meddy, as well as the composition of key sequences from Bringing Up Baby. Uh, that was created for the Criterion. You have a new program with film historian Craig Barron discussing the career of visual effects artist Linwood Dunn, as well as his contribution to Bringing Up Baby. That also was created exclusively for the Criterion release. You have a selected scene commentary. Uh, this too was also uh, created for the Criterion release. Uh, custom costume historian Shelley Foote discusses the career of designer Howard Greer and his contributions to Bringing Up Baby. Uh, and then it has uh, it shows a couple different portions of the scenes. Has essentially four chapters to it. Uh, then there's an archival documentary about Howard Hawks discussing his career. Uh, with filmmaker Hans Christoph Blumenberg. Uh, and the documentary uses footage from a lengthy interview that was conducted at the director's home in Palm Springs, California in November of 1977, shortly before his death. Uh, then there is an audio interview of archival interview with Cary Grant that was recorded in, on October 6, 1969, after a screening of Bringing Up Baby as part of the Hollywood in the 30s film series presented at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Uh, the dis actor discusses his career and involvement specifically with this film. It goes about a half hour or so. Then there's an interview of Howard Hawks and or with Peter Bogdanovich, and they they were actually friends, um, and they just uh, they met and talked many times, uh, and it's an excerpt of a longer interview, but the conversation is between Howard Hawks and Peter Bogdanovich that was recorded once again at Hawks's film, or Hawks's home in Palm Springs, uh, and talking about uh, bringing up babies specifically and the influence uh, of that on Peter Bogdanovich. Peter Bogdanovich's film, What's Up Doc, then the trailer of the film, and then the booklet, an illustrated booklet, which fe features an essay by film critic Sheila O'Malley and the 1937 short story by H Hagar Wilde on which uh, Bring Up Baby, the film, is based off, uh, and then some technical credits. So, Lori, quite a few extras, not as much as Night of the Living Dead, the last time you reviewed one. Didn't take you nearly as long this time, did it? <laughs> It did not. <laughs> Probably a welcome change. So, all right. Immediately after watching all those extras, reading the booklet and everything like that, what, if anything, what extras are missing, Lori? What did you feel that when you got done, you went, well, I really wish we had this? You know, uh, an interview with Catherine Hepburn. Okay. All right. Not anywhere on there. Nowhere. Nope. <laughs> There's some discussions about her and retelling of the same story over and over again um, about how people on the set would kill her if Howard Hawks asked them to. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I agree with you um, that the, her absence is pretty glaring that, uh, you know, I don't know if she ever did an interview about this film, but I presume she has. And the fact that she's not anywhere on the disc talking about the film even in an archival interview or some television interview years later um, seems 
kind of strange. I, 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 yeah, I'm sure she had to have mentioned it somewhere. It became a, I mean, it became kind of a cult film later on. So I would assume later in her career, I mean, she wrote, didn't she write like two autobiographies? I mean, yeah, she yeah. there wasn't a book on tape with her, <laughs> her discussion of it or someone even reading a portion of her, an excerpt from her book on tape talking about this. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah. that was, I thought that was a big glaring absence there. What about the quality and quantity of the extras we do have? The quality and quantity are two thumbs up. Yeah, I really enjoyed the interview with um, Howard Hawks and Cary Grant and Peter Bogdanovich and um, really enjoyed having the, the source material, the, the original short story. Um, and it was very well written. It was a good story. I can see why they snatched it up to get the film right. So, yeah, I, I really, I think the extras in this, um, other than not having Catherine Hepburn, are um, stellar. Yeah, what we have is good. Uh, I will say that what was created for the Criterion uh, was my the, the stuff that I was least interested in. You know, I didn't really enjoy the film historian talking about the visual effects. That was That was kind of interesting briefly, but... It went on a little long. Um, I didn't, the cinematographer, John Bailey, discussing another cinematographer, I didn't think was that really that interesting. And the costume historian uh, discussing uh, the costume designer, Howard Greer, I didn't think was that interesting. But I really enjoyed the Howard Hawks, the archival documentary from 1977 about Howard Hawks talking about his film career to, I, I don't remember. Me too. I thought that was a great, documentary i was Me really fascinated. yeah i really was, did you notice the stonework in his house no reminded me of the stonework in the movie no i didn't notice that and i wondered if that was when he built the house if he wanted it to look like the set from huh. bringing up baby no I, I did not notice that immediately I, you know, I i really liked him kind of talking out of uh class about just his interactions with various actors throughout his career and and the projects yeah. he worked on i thought that was really fascinating because he had a, a very long and meaningful career you know going yeah. back to the i think the 1920s and so it was just interesting to hear how he got involved with projects and even his theory on why bringing up baby wasn't as successful as it was yeah. during its initial release of, Hey, there's, there's not a real, a non screwball type character. There's no normal people. It's not a straight man. <laughs> there's not a straight yeah. man. So it doesn't play as well. So I thought that was an interesting take. And, and when I watched the commentary, I really was paying attention to that going back. I'm like, wow, there really isn't a straight man in this particular film. Um, I also liked the interview with Cary Grant, even though it's audio mm -hmm. only, I thought it was really interesting. You know, it, he's to me, he's the big actor. I like Catherine Hepburn, but Cary Grant is the, the draw for me is, and I was really glad to see that, uh, that they had something with him and even him talking a little bit about this film. Those were my two favorite extras as well. And I think my favorite part about the interview with Cary Grant was when he would just start laughing a full belly laugh and it would make me laugh. It was infectious. Yeah. I, I mean, he, Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I'm just, he just seemed like such a genuinely nice human and a really good sense of humor. And I just, I just really enjoyed that interview. 
Yeah, I, I liked it too. I mean, it recorded, I wanted, what was it, 1969? So I believe so. I believe his film career was done at that point that he had formally retired. I think he references it in the interview that he's retired. And I don't think he made anything after that. But very much you could see, like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, I just, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's going on. And, and uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting to hear him at that point in the life. He's not promoting anything. He's just there for the love of the film. Mm-hmm. All right. What is, uh, although I think we may have just conveyed our favorite extras in the film. What was your favorite extra on the Criterion disc? It was the, the Howard Hawks interview. The, the hour, followed, about hour long uh, Howard Hawks interview? Yeah, followed closely by the Cary Grant interview. Uh, well, I'm going to agree with you on that one too. That I thought that was the most interesting thing on it. Um, it was as much as I do like the Cary Grant interview, it covers a lot of different things uh, and not so much film specific. Uh, although to be fair, neither does the Howard Hawks. It doesn't spend a lot of time on bringing up baby. It talks about the entirety of his career, but I really like hearing some stories, especially from a voice that you don't normally hear from, right. you know, the, you know, Howard Hawks, you know, probably did a lot of interviews, but I've never seen any of them. And it was interesting to see that perspective and even just to see what his life was at that point. Cause just a couple of years before this, he was making Rio Lobo, you know, so he was still, you know, he was still actively working in Hollywood. Uh, you know, up till a few years before this documentary was made, obviously he passed away shortly afterwards. But I believe like a month after. Yeah, it was very, very away. quick. Yeah, very, yeah. very quickly after. So, but, you know, he'd worked with uh, John Wayne just a, a few years before. I want to say, I want to say 71, 72. I could be wrong about that for Rio Lobo, but it's, you know, it, 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 I know Chris uh, Haley, think that's one of his favorite uh, John Wayne films. All right, Lori, getting to the ultimate question, uh, is the film worthy of a Criterion ed- edition and do we recommend picking it up? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes and yes. Yes to what? Okay. Yes and yes. Is worthy of a Criterion edition and you absolutely recommend picking it up? Yes. Okay. And you picked it up. We're going to come back to that. You now well, have. I ordered it and <laughs> I had it delivered. <laughs> well, I don't care how you bought it. I order almost order all mine offline. I don't do anything in store in the store anymore. I get better selection when I go offline. So you ordered and it. Please you, tell me when the sale is again. Oh, I will. Uh, it comes in August and November every year. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, you were, you ordered this as I, if I remember correctly, you ordered four Criterion. Yeah. It's so this one, uh, Manchurian Candidate, the Red Balloon. And I can't remember the fourth. Paddle to the sea. Did I get the red balloon? I thought you did. You paddle you, to the sea. I chose because it was one of my. I used to read that book to my kids, so it was one of our favorite books. It's a really good book. So I wanted. I haven't watched it yet. All right. So, but you felt at that time this film was worth the investment. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I, too, uh, do think it is a worthy of a Criterion edition um, after I just kind of bitched and complained about uh, not enough comedies (laughs) are covered. And this is a good comedy and covered. And I thought the extras were pretty good. There was some stuff that was not uh, was kind of off topic, wasn't specifically about the film. 
but I thought there was enough that was bringing up baby specific that I felt that it was uh, at least a, a thorough discussion of what you had on this film. This is not a complicated film. You know, there's, there's not a lot of depth to this film. Although I would say there's a lot of subtext that, you know, <laughs> I, I know we reviewed bringing up baby uh, some time ago over on golden age, but there's, I mean, you, you talk about the innuendo for the day, you know, uh, Cary Grant jumping up and I just decided to go gay. <laughs> you know, and, and then even opening in the film, I, I think the bone goes in the tail. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, <laughs> I, the extras, I felt like there's something for everyone. I mean, if you're really interested in costumes, if you're really interested in cinematography, um, the special effects, I found the, the stories behind the scenes about working with the leopards fascinating. I just, I feel like this really had a wide range of topics so that, you know, maybe we're not so interested in the, the costumes and, and stuff, but, but there are people that are. Yeah. No, I, I do think so too. This is a very accessible film. I think this even a film yeah. that, uh, you know, even though my kids did not watch it with me, this is one I could probably sit down and watch it with my kids because it's got enough oh, yeah. slapsticky type comedy uh, that they could relate to it. Uh, and it's got enough uh, clever dialogue that I can relate to it. Uh, and so I, I generally really did enjoy this film. This one I highly recommend and I would highly recommend for people to pick up. All right. Well, that does it for this month's review of Bringing Up Baby. Thanks again for joining us and listening to our little monthly podcast. If you've had a good time, the fun doesn't have to stop here. Uh, you can follow us on Pinterest or Twitter at MH Memories. On either one of those social media outlets, you can keep yourself informed about our occasional written film reviews and film summaries, news on upcoming theatrical releases and trailers, and information on many upcoming podcasts on the MHN Podcast Network. And don't forget to subscribe to your, our account on YouTube, where we're now releasing our podcasts exclusively. Once there, if you subscribe to our account and hit the little uh, bell icon, you can get notifi notifications of when we post new material on YouTube. Uh, additionally, you can also give us some feedback either by liking or disliking our video. Um, and let me emphasize it's an audio video. It's not a video video because no one wants to see me as much as they probably want to see Lori, but that's the way it works. Uh, and you could also leave a comment <laughs> about our review of the film or even a suggestion for a criterion re a review that you would like us to do sometime in the future. Of course, we always like the reviews that are positive, but we appreciate any feedback that we can get from any listeners of the show. Well, that does it for this episode of Criterion Critics. Uh, join us next time when Lori will come back again because she's got a Criterion library going right now. And we're going to review 1962's The Manchurian Candidate, number 803 on the Criterion release schedule. Until then, I'm Patrick. And I'm Lori. And we'll see you all next time at our house. podcast is not endorsed by the Criterion Collection and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. 
The theme music for Criterion Critics, Miami Nights' main theme, is provided courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incomputech.com under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the MHN Podcast Network, Criterion Critics, and the Fuzzy Bunny Slippers Entertainment, LLC, unless otherwise noted.